You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. If Abraham Lincoln were alive, he'd listen, but he's dead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here to Chew Bubblegum. My name is Goose, and the guy with me to the right is... Cronkite. How are you today, Goose? I'm doing great, buddy. I am doing great. Um, how's your week been? It's been long. It's been tiring and long. I've got a lot of news. I've been up all night, off all day, researching, digging in the trenches. News, news, news. Cronkite is full of news. Uh, I can't wait to hear about uh, Miley Cyrus this week. Well, you know what? You and a million other people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, uh, after the show last week, uh, me and Cronkite had uh, mentioned some of our question of the week responses from last week that we should follow up with one of the guys that posted on our message board. Uh, His name is Robert Van Dyke, and for those of you that didn't listen last week or don't uh, recall, Robert made a prediction on our question of the week last week uh, that we would have a meteor, uh, uh, asteroid strike in the Atlantic Ocean, June twenty second. Two major volcanic events and one uh, in uh, mid twenty twenty one or late twenty twenty one. Well, Cronkite asked me last week, why don't you get in touch with him and see if we can get more information? Which was a great idea because I'll be honest, I didn't even think about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I would love to know where he got those dates from and and. What what how he's coming to that information? Okay. Because that's too specific just to be a prediction. Yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, I post our question of the week on our Facebook page, on our uh, uh, Twitter account, on Instagram, and on a uh, message board, uh, paranomous uh, dot com. Okay. Okay. So I went back and I looked because I was about ninety nine percent sure that Robert posted on the message board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't able to find Robert there. So then I looked on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, on our uh, Instagram, wasn't able to find Robert there either. So then I go back to the message board and I start counting up replies. Okay, now the number of replies was minus one. One was missing. And guess which one that one was? Robert. Robert Van Dyke. Really? Yes. So, either Robert is from the future and he's traveled back and there's no trace of him now. Uh, I wish I'd screenshotted that. Uh, yeah, that's... But uh, I didn't do that. Robert, come on, man. If you're out there, talk to us. You know, uh, but that that has really... That has really, you know, started out as a great suggestion and I would like to hear from Robert. You know, like Cronkite said, if you are uh, out there, please get in contact with us again and Cronkite just made sure his phone was on vibrate this week, so we really appreciate that. Yeah, and then the other phone is in the other room. Oh, okay. (laughs) So we're not going to have any breaking news. How many phones do you have? I have several. Several, okay. You know, it's hard being the news anchor, okay? There you go. There you go. (laughs) And don't forget the co-host. Right, and the co-host. We're going to start out by reading some uh, listener emails. Uh, Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? Sure. Um, These are my emails, right? Yes. All right. So Stephen from Georgia said, hey, Goose. Uh, you mentioned sometime back what formats that uh, you were available on. When will you be on Apple Podcast? Uh, I listen to you on Spotify, but like Apple too. Also, what other platforms are you on? Oh, well, that's that's a very good question. That one caught me off guard. Uh, give me just a second on that, and I will tell you exactly what was his, what was the first part of the question. Uh, so he's wanting to know um, 
that you know you mentioned the formats that you're on, available on. Who wants to know when you will be? Uh, when we uh, will be. Yeah, when we will be available on Apple Podcasts. Um, hopefully soon. I thought we were already on there. Uh, we're not. I tried to add us manually, and uh, there was a uh, glitch, so to speak, and it was duplicated for some reason. I don't know if that's because Anchor already put us up there or if, you know, somebody else had, because I think I told you that somebody else had made a pod bean for us mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Uh, the platforms you can hear us on right now are Google Podcast, Spotify, of course, Breaker, Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and uh, many more coming soon. If you hear, uh, uh, if one of those wasn't the one that you listened to, please contact us and let us know, and we will add that one as well. Uh, but hopefully soon on Apple Podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... We are covered on several forms, yes, or on platforms. Yes, and, yes, we are. And Apple would just be the next logical yes, it would. step. You know? I'm going to go ahead and mention, too, because I've had uh, I've not printed any of these emails off, but uh, our midweek show next week, that was not our last midweek show. There were some people asking if that was our last midweek show. Or maybe I did print one of those off. Uh, it might have been a text. Uh, anyway, what we're going to do Wednesday is uh, we will have the show on Anchor, of course, will be audio, but we're going to have a live video show of the, not live, I'm sorry, pre-recorded video show of the uh, midweek moment so everyone will get to see what it's like inside Bunker Studios. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting because you guys get to see my face. It's, well, I don't know about that. It is going to be exciting. <laughs> uh, Scotty from Arkansas writes, Goose and Cronkite. I've been listening since the second week, and last week's show was the best one yet. You both together are very entertaining. Have you either have either of you heard or saw about the Brown Mountain Lights? Keep up the great job. I've heard of the Brown Mountain Lights. Uh, I did a little research on it uh, after I heard about it years ago. I think watching the next Files rerun. Uh, I've never been there in person. Have you heard about it? I can't say that I've actually ever heard about it. It's for years these lights in Brown Mountain. I think uh, North Carolina maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and you can see them for miles and miles. Nobody's ever been able to pinpoint, uh, you know, they've to pinpoint where they come from. They talk right. about uh, it could be like uh, toxic gas or you know, light deflection from somewhere else, but no, I mean, the, no, the, the light deflection and the toxic gas and the swamp gas and the weather blades, it's tired, it's done, yes, just, yes, just call it what and, it is, and, right? and, I, and, and I and I totally agree with you. Man. <laughs> Go ahead and read us another email, right. Cronkite. Uh, Jennifer from West Virginia wrote, uh, Hey, Goose, the midweek show that you said next week's uh, would have a new format. What does that mean exactly? I understand that Cronkite will be with you. Uh, is there something else? Please keep on doing the midweek show. Well, maybe I should have waited <laughs> before. But, uh, uh, again, the midweek show next week will be on Anchor, of course, audio. And on our YouTube page, we'll have audio and video of myself and Cronkite. Uh, let's see, Jessica from Tennessee says, my favorite urban legend is the Skin Tom story. Have you heard of that? Skin Tom story. Yeah, I've not either, but she goes on to tell us about it. Uh, Tom found himself chasing after the wrong woman in the mid-1920s and paid the ultimate price. He was, uh, he was, he took out a young lady on a date to Lover's Lane in Tennessee countryside. Uh, unknown to him, uh, the lady was actually married. Her husband tracked them down and murdered the woman before dragging Tom from the vehicle and skinning him alive. 
Tom is said to still hang around Lover's Lane, dripping with blood and carrying a knife to punish all those who play games with adultery. I'd never heard of that. Wow, that's so, that's dark. <laughs> that's that's very dark. So I wonder if he hangs around like like a peeping Tom, like a peeping Tom. You're or a pervert, man. Or, 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 <laughs> or if he hangs around like his skin suit just kind of hanging from the trees. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, please clarify, Jessica from yeah, Tennessee. And thank you for that email, Jessica. That's, that's very. That's interesting. I'm going to look that one up. You nosy little pervert. Yeah, right. Go ahead uh, with your next one there. <laughs> Norman from Kentucky says, uh, "Please keep us updated on any new developments of the train versus UFO from Paintsville. I never heard of it until you mentioned it on the show." I've researched it myself and agree with you and Cronkite. I think it is well written and sounds like a report. I know that text. Uh, I know that text isn't uh, more evidence without the report. I think it happened, and further information hasn't been found yet. Keep searching, and I think that you can uncover the truth. By the way, I really like the Truth Is Out There series. Uh, when are you going to do it again? That's a good. Oh, question. that's a good question. Yeah, we actually we are uh, going to be doing it uh, next Sunday. Yep, we were just talking uh, about but that. But you'll have to listen to the midweek moment <clears throat> and watch the midweek moment to find out what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and, and Norman, uh, the train versus UFO thing. I mean that that has just that's kept us on on yeah, pins and needles yeah, here. We yeah. we we love it not only because it's it's right right pretty much right down the street, yes, you know. But it's yes. it's man, it's just it's just so cool. Yeah, it's dripping yeah. with. With just news factor, just yeah, news factor and and cover up. I love it. Definitely, definitely cover up. Love you know, uh, when I read that email and added that one to the bunch to print off, I went back and looked at the report again, and and it or the the story, and it is written just like an incident report. Absolutely, absolutely, you know? yeah. I mean, that's that's the first thing I thought of when I when I read. It. I was like, you know, this this sounds like you know, an incident report. An incident report. Me too. Uh, Aaron from Kentucky emailed, I just want to say thank you for keeping me entertained at my night shift job. Uh, some nights drag by, but here to chew bubblegum keeps, uh, keeps me sane, or keeps me safe, keeps me safe from boredom, and makes my night go by faster. Well, good. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. We definitely appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Rita from Pennsylvania emailed, love the show, keep it up. In my opinion, last week's show was the best one yet. We, you know, we think the same thing. I mean, yeah, uh, th- yeah. I think we found our uh, our groove, our, our our niche, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Why do you always get the short ones again, though? Uh, I mean, you know, I just I can't read well. That's that's the problem here. <laughs> well, you know, it is it is easy for you to contact us at here to chew bubble gum. You can call, text, or leave a voicemail. Hopefully. Soon we'll get a uh, message that we can actually play on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to let you listen to some of the crazy ones. I, I really want to. Uh, well, the, the little app that I have on my phone, it only stores so many. So right. if I'm not going to use it, I just go ahead and delete it. Uh, but you can always call, text, or leave us a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396. That's 606-373-3396. Uh, or you can email us at goose at here to chew bubblegum.com or myself, Cronkite, at here to chew bubblegum.com. Uh, like he said, thank you very much for uh, tuning in, and we will take a short break and be back in just a few moments.
Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are their goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. Hey folks, it's the Creepy Kentuckian from Dead Pit Radio, and when I'm just sitting around needing something to listen to, I'm checking out Here to Chew Bubblegum. Uh, did you hear, or you you are a uh, partaker in Facebook, correct? I certainly am. Okay. Well, uh, earlier in the week, a um, guy named Philip Ritchie posted on Facebook, and this was like, I think, six or seven in the morning when he posted this. Did anyone see a bright light in the sky this morning at 4.30? The whole sky lit up. And some people responded, uh, and Philip himself said it was in Pike Floyd in Mingo County, West Virginia. Uh, I know a guy in Pike County and had another friend in West Virginia. Well, um, I had people message me this. Uh, this I'm not friends with this particular guy on Facebook, but they screenshotted and messaged me what he had posted. And some people, you know, were uh, using uh, uh, stickers and emojis of aliens and saying, wow. And uh, then somebody pointed out that uh, it could be Something to do with the uh, meteor shower that we're supposed to get, uh, I guess, today and tomorrow. Uh, basically, they said that it is a, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Gemamind. Uh, it's usually the strongest meteor shower of this year. Uh, people are expecting it this year on December 13th and 14th, and it's a major uh, solar activity shower. I had not heard of that. Uh, then uh, Brandon Jarrett, I guess a weatherman, had posted some stuff about it and was saying that what Philip saw could have possibly been the uh, northern lights. I was going to say, uh, you know, because so. NASA had reported that um, there was a solar storm yeah. in Norway and that the solar lights would be visible in our area this well, year. Well, that's, that's, that's what it could have been. Uh, but I, I had never, I, I, I wasn't up at 4.30. Yeah, when, I, when was that? Uh, that was earlier this week, I think on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, when that was emailed to me. So. You know, I wasn't up at 4.30 either. I wasn't either. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, if it was something that was unidentifiable and not a, a atmospheric event, please happen again so I can witness that at like maybe 9.30 in the morning. That'd be nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that. That's pretty wild. Now I wonder, uh, did did it say what kind of light, or was it just a bright it flash? Said, or? No, it just said bright light lit up the whole sky. Hmm. So and you could see it for you know, Floyd Pike and Mingo County, West Virginia. It very well could have been the uh, the northern lights, but I mean, if it was like a bright flash and then it was gone, I don't know. I'm 46 years old. Yeah, I've saw the northern lights in pictures. Hmm. I don't think I, you know, I mean. Well, actually, a few years ago, I did see the Northern Lights. Really? I was in high school, yeah, and it was um, 
I was down at. Uh, so that's this twenty some years ago. Yeah. Well, that's uh, more than a few years ago. Well, I mean, it just a few years ago to me. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, I mean down at the down at the school there, right. and and I saw um, you know some green flashes in the in the sky. It was the Northern Lights. Really? Yeah. So you hmm. you can actually see them here. I I I, I had no clue. I, I did not know that. That's pretty neat. So. Uh, so you're going to, you've got something to discuss with us. Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago, um, you uh, you tried to school me on... Uh, the first the crash. The first UFO crash. Yes. Uh, but do you know when the first actual UFO sighting was on American soil? I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was in the 1600s. It is. Yeah, you're right. So 1628, on. is that it? No, close. 1639. Okay. So okay. Uh, it talks about the uh, th- this little article that I wrote up here, or that I found here. Right. It talks about on March 1st, 1639, John Winthrop opened his diary in which he recorded the trials and triumphs of his fellow Puritans as they made a new life in America. As the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, he put pen to paper to, and began to recount a most unusual event that had recently caused a stir among the English immigrants. Winthrop wrote that earlier in the year, James Everill, a, a quote, sober and discreet man, unquote, and two others have been rowing a boat in the muddy river. Now, this is kind of interesting. So, right. uh, which flowed uh, through swampland and emptied into a tidal basin in the Charles River uh, when they saw a great light in the night sky. Quote, when it stood still, it flamed up and, and was about three yards square, unquote, the governor reported. When it ran, it was con- contracted into the figure of a swine. Hmm. I'm not sure what that means. but and, uh, You know, the... The way that they were back then, I'm surprised nobody didn't yell, witchcraft! Yeah, right? Well, they probably did. But uh, uh, So over the course of two to three hours, the boatman said that the mysterious light ran as swift as an arrow, darting back and forth between them and the village of Charlestown, uh, a distance of approximately two miles. Uh, diverse other credible persons saw the same light after about the same place. Uh, the governor wrote that when the strange apparition finally faded away, the three Puritans in the boat were stunned to find themselves one mile upstream, uh, as if the light had transported them there. The men had no memory of their rowing against the tide. Now, see, all right, so if you're fixated on something and you're floating in the river, right. it would make sense to float down the river. Yeah. You're a mile away. Okay, well, you didn't notice that. But they went against the tide one mile up the river. Trying to, and they had no recollection of rowing the boat that that way, um, hmm. so that you know that was kind of neat. Um, and then uh, an odd sight returned to the skies of Boston five years later, according to another entry in Winthrop's diary dated January eighteenth, sixteen forty four. About midnight, three men coming uh, in a boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near the north point of the town co- of the town cove. In form like a man. In form like a man. It says. So it was humanoid. It's that's what it says. But it was it was two lights. Um, it says and it went at a small distance to the town, uh, and so to the south point, and there it vanished away. Uh, a week later, Winthrop wrote another unexplained celestial event occurred over Boston Harbor. A light like the moon arose out of the northeast point in Boston and met met the formal former at Noddles Island and there they closed in they closed in one and then parted uh, and closed and parted diverse times 
and so when you know I, I really hate wow. the way they talk hence forth thou fall so it, you know that's pretty wild and there was, seems yeah. like there, there was a lot of activity around Boston I wonder what was going on there then well, you know there's still been you know uh, I mean just back in the summer you had the unidentified flying object that was over Boston well yeah that was captured on video um and, you know, that whole northeastern area, I mean, you had the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. Supposedly all all of the forests up there are haunted. I mean, it, uh, there's, there's a lot of paranormal. Yeah, and, well, you know, and, and I know we, we've not talked about this a lot, but I know we disagree. I, I don't believe in God. I mean, I have saw things before, but as far as something physically hurting you, oh, yeah. I don't think that that's possible. Uh, that's just, you right. know, and, and I, I could be stupid and, you know, uh, close minded on that, but I just don't. No, everyone has their know. own opinion on that. It's, uh, it's different experiences for different right. folks, you know what I mean? So, uh, you've never experienced it, so you don't well, know, you know, and, uh, nor have I. I've never know, been physically harmed. Well, I mean, uh, I have saw things before in the past that did freak me out, but I just kind of in my mind, and even once I think out loud said, I said, just, just go away and leave me alone, you know, and just, I had just a real bad attitude towards it and it went away and left me alone. Hmm. So, you know, Interesting. that was probably 12 or 13, maybe 14 years ago. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I always love to hear about old accounts like that, to hear you know, people, how they describe it, you mm-hmm. know, like it was a campfire in the sky yeah. with wheels and, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, and, and it rose out of the bay and it took the form of a man. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then it came together as you one know, and departed. Well, we've, we've, we've never talked about it on the show, and this will be something I'd like to talk about in the future. What do you think about the lost colony of Roanoke? What do you think happened to those guys? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, some people say, oh, they, you know, the Indians killed them all. There's no evidence of that. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, they moved in and migrated with the, you know, there's, you know. You know, when you don't have an account, a physical right. account of things, it's it's so easy to speculate on what it might have been and what happened. I mean, it, who knows, really? Right. You know what I mean? It, you know, there are some theories out there that the uh, colonists from Roanoke uh, inbred with uh, Sasquatch. For real, for real, that they, that they, uh, that Sasquatches came in, killed all the men, kidnapped all the women. Huh. You know, uh, I have heard that. That's like one of the uh, uh, Native American theories. Uh, because if you study any Indian culture, Native mm-hmm. American, they talk about, uh, they don't call him Sasquatch. He's, I can't think of what they refer to him as, but, you know, they're really thorough on their records and so right. forth. Right, so, right. Well, <laughs> Moving on from a uh, 2011 article uh, from the Ashland, uh, I'm sorry, from the Daily Independent in Ashland, Kentucky. They reported in 2011. I'm just going to go over this because I'd never heard of this. The title was, um, let's see, UFO Sightings Abundant in Eastern Kentucky. MUFON Investigating. Eastern Eastern Kentucky has become a hotbed for UFO sightings and reports, according to the state director for MUFON, or Mutual UFO Network, otherwise known as MUFON. Uh, The whole neck of the woods along the Big Sandy River is a hot area, and so is Bowling Green. Just crazy stuff is going on, said David McDonald, the director 
for uh, MUFON Kentucky and Assistant Director of Investigations for the Volunteer Agency dedicated to documenting and investigating UFO reports. Uh, McDonald, who is a commercial airline pilot, see, there we go. You know, we got finally got guys that know their stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're pilots. They know what goes in the sky, what doesn't go in the sky, what we have from our planet that can do versus what, you know. Well, and, the, and that's that's awesome that that he is, he is a commercial pilot because years, even 10 years ago, it would be unheard of for a commercial pilot to say hey exactly you know i mean because you're talking about psychological evaluations yes, then yes. And, and then you might get to fly again you might not you might ruin your career by coming forward there you go uh anyway this old uh, report says that a ufo sighting in greenup county was under investigation by trained mufon agents uh and i will do a little update on this uh it just basically said uh that uh, probably 90 to 92% of all the sightings are explainable, McDonald said, but there are ultimately UFO reports that don't turn out to be aircraft, satellites, or even stars. Uh, he recalled an incident from a uh, man in Great Britain who reported a large silvery disc in the sky above his home. Uh, McDonald said investigators determined that the mystery object was the moon, and alcohol was suspected in that case. Uh, I didn't know you were from Great Britain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. And, and I know that wouldn't you because, you know, you would have turned into a werewolf if you'd been out looking at the moon. That's fine. Correct? That's so, fine, yeah. Uh, but I just found this uh, interesting because, you know, this was 2011, and uh, before the end of 2012 was when we had the incident here uh, with the so-called, uh, uh, what was it, the Internet balloon. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, this would feel, fit in that t- same time frame. Internet so, balloon, they said. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, McDonald also said that Kentucky is the state with the first verified case of an aircraft being down by a UFO, uh, as well as the place where the phrase Little Green Men was originally coined. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yes, yes, that started really? right here in our bluegrass state. Uh so I just wanted to mention that, you know, the article goes on and on. But, uh, you know, I just thought that that was cool, Eastern Kentucky, you know, not getting stereotyped. And, you know, uh, we coined the phrase Little Green Men. And Finally, so, something we can be proud of. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but that is a really interesting article really if you go back and check it out. Yeah, there. I definitely will. Um, so, uh, oh, okay, this one. I have looked forward to this. I'm going to give you some of these. Sure. And we can read these uh, in time. Let me see. I think i got four pages. I'm going to, I'll give you page three and four. That'll work. Okay. Now, uh, this website, I can't think of the name of it right off the bat. Let me see here. Uh, real quick while I'm looking this up, did you have any uh, updates for us on the homework? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I printed out a map. Oh, good. So good. I can show you because... Again, I now, I hope uh, everyone remembers what his homework assignment was this week. It was how far was the first monolith location from Skimwalker Ranch. Now, I know that we, we, we had talked about the fact that Skinwalker Ranch mm-hmm. is on the eastern side of Utah. Right. And I was right. The location of the monolith was on the southeastern. <clears throat> if you look here, I had to draw out okay. Utah for you. Okay. But Skinwalker Ranch is on the northeast corner. And 
the uh, the monolith was in the kind of in the southeast. So this is in the same kind of section of the state. Though. Absolutely, and kind of kind of in a straight line. How many miles would you say that is? Like not air miles. I mean, if you're looking at that air miles, that's not going to be many air miles at all. No, not at all. You know, uh, um, that is that is pretty neat. Let me see here. I'll, I'll give you a rough guesstimate. Okay, give me a rough guesstimate. So while he's doing that, uh, this site that I found uh, has some uh, UFO reports all across the United States. Uh, what's the answer? About 200 miles. 200 air miles? About 200 straight line miles. Okay, so then you're talking about 75 to 100 air miles, which is not much at all. Mm-mm. So I think we could safely say that that is in pretty much the same yeah, same vicinity. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's definitely in the eastern. The only the <clears throat> good job on your homework. You you get an A on that this week. Well, thank you. You want to keep this for a souvenir? Yes, I, right. I want you to sign the bottom of it All too. Right, I certainly will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, this side here, uh, you can look up uh, UFOs from all over the world. Uh, the site started back in 2012. It is not available. That's why I couldn't pull it up on my phone. Uh, you can't pull it up on a cell phone. Only computer, and it's like a mobile mobile data UFO something. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff after it. dot com, and I stumbled across it totally by accident. But anyway, we're going to talk about the 2020 UFO reported cases from Kentucky. Okay, the first one is a leather uh, lengthy one. Lines of light aligned at 400. I'm sorry, at 45 degree angle, move left to right. That is the title. And this occurred in Concord, Kentucky on January 7th, 2020 at 5.30 a.m. And the description goes, At 5.30 a.m., I was hunting deer in a field near New Concord, Kentucky. I thought I was seeing a meteor split up and grab my brother to get his attention. As we stared at it, we realized it wasn't a meteor, but a line of lights. They were aligned at a 45-degree angle with the horizon and moved from right to left. Since we both had binoculars attached to the outside of our camo, we pulled them up and we were able to focus on the lights. They seemed rectangular and formed a band. They were not like uh, several ships, and they were not like several ships in formation, but literally a band on the object. I can't stress the size enough. It sounds unreal, but my guesstimate would be that the lights could have been around 100 feet tall and a mile long, all touching. We jumped out of our chairs and ran into the field to watch the object before it disappeared over the horizon. The whole event lasted maybe 20 seconds. It didn't disappear, but continued traveling out of view. I called the police when I left the field. I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force, husband and father of three, an engineering student at Murray State University. I'm not looking for attention or making this up. I'm just hoping that someone else saw or reported what we witnessed. Wow. And that was the first sighting of this year in Kentucky on January 7th, 2020 in New Concord, Kentucky. Wow. So, I mean, this <clears throat> this site is unbelievable. I'll uh, yeah, I'd let like to, you read one there. I'd like to uh, I'll have to, that I'll have to email, I'll have to email that papers. to you. Yeah. See if there are local papers reported on that or some other people maybe reported it. Uh, sorry. So, the, the headline on this one is Perfect V-Shaped Object with Black in the Center happened in Ashland, Kentucky on March 3rd, 2020. Uh, and the, the description is, um, <clears throat> I saw a perfect V-shaped object. 
the top left of the V was detachable and mobile. I have a video of a small moving star-like UFO that changed color, but the camera died before the larger object was noticed. At one point, the larger V-shaped object completely covered Orion's belt and appeared uh, to be six, six to eight stars with black center mass that was indistinguishable from the night sky before drifting straight up and tilting. It seemed slow, but was moving away at pretty incredible speeds. No light from behind the outline could be seen. There was an increase. There was increased air traffic uh, in the area in an unusual amount. Not too often uh, you can see six jets flying paths over this part of Kentucky just to turn around and come back like they were searching for it. The on, uh, we only saw the big object after the star-like object flew over us. Uh, it was dead quiet, and the object seemed to merge with the larger object. Uh, before then, I'd even go as far as to say it imitated the constellation. There were multiple witnesses. I only have video of a small, of small object as it changed direction in the air at impossible speeds. The small star smooth—excuse uh, <clears throat> me—the small star moved incredibly fast and low, and made no sound whatsoever. That is wild. I mean, you know. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Folks, you know, stuff's out there, and and it's going to come out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to come out soon. Uh, This one, uh, a silent, transparent, V-shaped object. The location of this sighting was Paducah, Kentucky, on February 1st of this year, 2020. The description goes, I saw a silent, transparent, shaped object. The object flew low and slow. The witness, all right, now this is a special note. It said the witness stated that the above sighting was the same object uh, at the sighting of the silent, transparent, V-shaped object over Bakersfield, California on September 7th, 2017. Hmm. So this website, and I'll put it up on my, on my computer here when we get done, and I'll you know, email it s- to you. Me, yeah, it, is, it is very precise. It's not mainstream, mm-hmm. but, like, you could click on this and it takes you to the uh, Bakersfield, California story. So this is like an independent investigator that has this site. I could spend days. So just I, I actually had to make myself break away. <laughs> you know. Uh, you ready for the next one? Oh yes. All right. So a bright light with green glow, <clears throat> sighting between Upton and Bonneville, Kentucky, on November first, twenty twenty, around six p.m. Uh, around 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, a bright green light was seen uh, while driving on I-65. I told the two other occupants in my car uh, to look, and they also saw the bright light that seemed to have a green glow to it. My fiance believed it was a meteorite falling to Earth, but it was huge. We tried to find any information, but were unsuccessful. I found a website with this number, so I am texting it in hopes uh, to find more info. We were on I-65 between the cities of Upton and Bonneville, Kentucky. We live in Bonneville, Kentucky. So that's uh, that's down towards Tennessee border. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the second story that they they thought it was a meteorite breaking yeah. up. That's interesting. So, I mean, it would have to be. And what was the date on that one? That one is November 1st, 2020. Okay, so, so that, that was like less than a, well, a little bit over a month ago. Right. So, I mean, so. and it sounds. You take that one, November 1st. Versus the first one I read on January first. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they're could be that, similar. That's what I was going to say. This sounds like a very similar. And so that what that tells me is that these objects, their their lights, are almost erratic. Yeah. Uh, which well, is, I'm I'm kind of getting the vibe that these are man powered 
unidentified flying objects. You think so? Because of the similarities. Yeah, cause, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. Because, like, uh, uh, usually UFOs are always different, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, there's there's never, there's almost never the same right. report. But if you're out conducting tests and, right, you know, so. Very interesting. Thank you. Uh, this last one of mine, uh, eight star-like objects make circle, then go away and ball of light. The location of this sighting was Crab Orchard, Kentucky, on January 24th, 2020, at 6.50 p.m. Eastern Time. The description is as follows. I saw eight stars in the sky, and they made a circle in the sky. As I started walking on the ground in front of my house, it went away in a big ball of light at 200 miles an hour, and I never saw it again. Hmm. So, uh, you know, and they were eight of those. So... Those could be eight mini ships. So were they so. were they in formation or were they all? Uh, it doesn't say. It just said I saw eight stars in the sky and they <clears> made a circle in the sky. As I started walking on the ground in front of my house, it went away. It's like they saw. Like maybe they were, you know, playing follow the leader or something. And yeah. Boosh, well, if, yeah. If know, they if so. they made a circle, so yeah, I guess it would be separate. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? Do you think this uh, disclosure is going to come out next year? I think it's going to happen sooner than later. I don't know if 2021 will be the year, but I think it's going to happen a lot sooner I'm, than... You know, and, and me and you've talked off the air about this. I think uh, by the end of the summer next year, we will have full disclosure. I mean, you know, and, and you still have to go back to uh, one of the uh, uh, people that wrote in last week. The government kind of did disclose it back in April, and nobody well. really... Nobody cared. I don't know. Nobody cared. Mainstream news didn't really follow it. You yeah, know? that's true. Uh, and now some of your news stories are interesting because you're going to be reporting here in a little bit on the uh, uh, Israeli guy, and we mm-hmm. and I brought that up to you. I think like two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it's uh, that that is uh, an interesting story all the uh, yes, way around. Yes, uh, yes, it is. And I, and I've actually since since the uh, since I printed this out since the midweek moment, mm-hmm. there have been. Uh, a follow-up to that. There's several follow-ups, but, I, you know, I printed one out, so right, we're going to talk right. about the one uh, because the other is about Texas. Right. Uh, you know. The great state of Texas. Yeah, Texans, they 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 are ready for disclosure, apparently. That's what I read, so. Well, you know, and, I mean, if if I had to move anywhere, I would I would actually pick Texas because, you know, when I, me and my son last year drove through Texas, I mean, friendly, friendly state. I just oh, yeah. loved it. I mean, oh, Texas probably is the friendliest state I've ever been in. Texas is beautiful, and it's, I mean, the term big sky. It's oh, yeah. a big sky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, Cronkite is going to uh, come back with news, and uh, then we will talk about a story. Uh, let's see. We will talk about... The uh, mystery object that fell from the sky through a Kentucky home. Concrete, uh, I'm sorry, concrete. (laughs) Cronkite. Just as long as you get the C and the K. Okay. (laughs) Cronkite. I had better not talk like that. Cronkite is going to talk about the infamous tri-state UFO incident. And we're going to have some question of the week responses as well as listener text. We'll probably start out the segment with listener text. Okay, that'll be great. Uh, what are we listening to right now? What is everybody listening to? Uh, what, What's what? the name of the show? Uh, what? We're on a show? Yes. Oh, here to chew bubble gum. And 
We will be right back. What was the name one more time? Here to ChewBubbleGum.com. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, this is James Smith with The Edge Studios, and you're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Do you have a Roku device? Do you want to escape the everyday? Then download The Edge TV. That is The Edge TV on your Roku device, spelled capital T, capital H, number sign three. Let James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang keep you entertained. The Edge TV, available now on Roku. It's now time for the news with Cronkite on here to chew some bubble gum. Hey, welcome back. We're going to jump into the news. Uh, so this first story I'm going to talk about is uh, alien invasion is the latest 2020 threat as UFO sightings shoot up in New York. Um, so uh, add war of the worlds to everything else 2020 is throwing at New York. Sky gazers have reported a huge increase of unidentified flying objects seen in the state. Already, 184 unexplained flying crafts or lights seen in the state have been logged with the National UFO Reporting Center. In almost all of 2019, only 151 were seen. The sightings include bright lights, strange sounds, and oddly shaped objects. A person in Staten Island gave a terrifying description of a burning sensation following a sighting. Uh, and that's when I felt this heat, like feeling going through my body, they reported. You don't, you don't think it was chlamydia, do you? It's possible. Okay. I mean. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You, you just know, gave me the perfect setup there. You know, I couldn't ignore it. You know where so. that is, right? I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting at my head, like some sort of radiation burning me, like frying, like frying me. And that's when I realized it was the craft. Others were less disturbing. Uh, we were on top of a rooftop viewing the... Mm. Perseids? Sounds good to me. Uh, When the glowing green UFO passed directly overhead at a low altitude, uh, followed by what sounded like a military aircraft. Uh, The green lights were uh, revolving in a figure eight as the craft moved moved quickly from east to west toward Manhattan. The military aircraft that appeared to follow it was very loud. So that's probably, they were afterburners and everything. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like they were chasing it. Yeah. Uh, nationwide, there have been thousands of witness accounts of UFOs submitted to the center. UFO hunting has been a popular pursuit in the United States since the mid-20th century when Kenneth, Kenneth Arnold, a businessman piloting a small plane, uh, filed the first well-known report in 1947 of a UFO over Mount Rainier in Washington. Arnold claimed that he saw a high-speed crescent-shaped object uh, zooming along in, at several thousand miles per hour like saucers skipping on water. Now, that is where we get the term saucers. Uh, Although the objects Arnold claimed to see weren't saucer-shaped at all, his analogy led to the popularization of the term flying saucers. Uh, What do you think about that story? That that is pretty neat, you know. Uh, You know, and I can can understand, honestly, why you would have a hard time seeing a UFO in New York City, because it's so lit up. There's so much light pollution. Yeah, you know, it's so lit up. So when you see something like that, I mean, and, and there's, well, there's three major airports yeah. in New York, yeah. in and around the New York area. So. so these people are accustomed to seeing 
aircraft of all right. kinds. So when they see something odd, especially with they a, know with a, what it is. What, you know. Green light on it. Green light. So, so yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, moving along, uh, the Pentagon resport, uh, responds to a release of a photograph taken by a Navy pilot showing an unidentified object. Here we go. Once again, the Navy. Right. The Navy's into everything. So, um, so a new media report shows that uh, what is described as an unidentified aerial object, or UAP, flying near a U.S. Navy jet. How do you like the term UAP? I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. it. I don't like it at all. It's hard to say. It's UFO. Yeah, it's UFO. So. Just call it what it is. There you go. Uh, in an article published Wednesday on the Debrief website uh, and a new article Thursday, writer Tim McMillan goes on into detail about several top-level briefings on the UAP task force. The Advanced Aerospace Weapons Special uh, Application Program, or AAWSAP. Um, they locked their letters there. Big initials. <laughs> Big initials. Um, and the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or the AATIP, um, that were given to high-ranking members of the Congress and military staff. In the more recent article, Debrief published a photograph showing what is characterized as a, UA, as a UAP. Uh, one of the new pieces of information is about a recent UAPTF report uh, put out this past summer, which included a photograph taken by a military pilot showing an object near his jet. The Debrief writes the photo was taken by a military fighter pilot during his flight off the eastern coast of the United States. <clears throat> what does UATPF stand for? I don't know. It's there's no unidentified aerial phenomenon of the picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 2019, Mystery Wire was given a copy of the same cockpit photo. Mystery Wire was told the photograph was taken in 2018 by a Navy pilot using his cell phone. Uh, at this time, we cannot confirm if there are any other photographs of this object. Mystery Wire reached out to the Department of Defense. Uh, for a reaction to the publication of this photograph. Uh, I have nothing for you on that. I am not going to comment on whether something was or was not in a classified intelligence report. <laughs> in general, regarding UAPs, to maintain operations security and to avoid disclosing information that may be useful to potential adversaries. DOD does not discuss publicly the details of reports observations or examinations of reported incursions into our training ranges or designated airspace, including those incursions initially des designated as UAP. Okay. So that was uh, Sue Gal, uh, Defense Public Affairs Operations. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> I mentioned the name UAP, and I just had a thought there as you was reading the end of that story. Do you think that they've purposely changed or want to change UFO to UAP? So when they do disclose officially more than what they already have, that and and they already have said UAPs uh, do exist. Mm -hmm. You know they said that back in April. That's technically what they said. You know. Right. Do you think that that will try to make them uh, where the government has lied to us for so long and the powers that be have lied to us that that will trying to soften the blow for people by calling it a UAP? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it could be because. Uh, for years, we've we've thought of the term UFO as aliens, right. as, as some, something to be afraid of. Right. Um, maybe UAP is a new term. New term. Like a softening. To, yeah, they're trying to coin you know, it to. I don't want to sure. hurt your feelings. Right, right. You know, and that kind of makes sense with the, the way that the world is <clears> today about how people don't want to hurt people's feelings and mm -hmm. that. 
And I, that, yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent correct on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting that they they have tried that they've stopped calling it unidentified flying objects and they refer to it as a UAP. UAP. It's interesting. Hmm. Uh, okay, so a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel made a bold UFA, UFO claim in his final. Inter- oh, one one more thing about the last story. Uh-huh. Did you notice that in that in that quote there toward the end from the public affairs officer, uh, the she did say disclose, disclosure. Yeah, yeah. So They're actually using that term more. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, you're killing me because this is a story I've, I've been waiting on. Yeah. So Well, no, this is, this is, uh, this is not the story you've been okay. waiting on. This is, the, this is a completely different story. Okay. Uh, the story you've been waiting on is follow-up next. Oh, okay, so, so okay. Just, just calm, All right. calm, All right. woosah. I'll just, I'll, um, I'll just sit here and be quiet. <laughs> uh, so Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend was in charge of Project Blue Book. The military's famous UFO study. Have you ever seen that show? Yes, it's an awesome show. Yes, it, it is. Uh, a retired Air Force, uh, a retired Air Force official in charge of one of its most famous UFO research efforts, said before his death last year that the effort may have been scuttled, not because it was fruitless, but just but just the opposite. In a clip from the new documentary *The Phenomenon*, we talked about that yes, a while we back. Did. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend pointed to the sudden closure of Project Bluebird in 1969. Uh, quote, which would suggest what? He asked before answering his own question, that they knew what it was. Uh, James Fox, the film's director, added, or didn't know what it was. Uh, but Friend, who led Project Bluebird from 58 to 63, persisted. Also the other way, Friend replied uh, with a telling grin, that they knew that they did know what it was. So he's pretty much just saying, yeah, straight up, you know, hey, yeah. w- we figured it out, you know. This is what it was. <clears throat> Officially, the project was shuttered despite some 700 open cases because it no longer can be justified either on the ground of national security or in the interest of science. But Friend, who died last year at the age of 99, suggested in his last interview that the shutdown could have been for another reason. Uh, friend who was one of the Tuskegee Airmen in World War II and the only black leader of the Project Blue Book heading it uh, during the Civil Rights Movement was originally skeptical of claims that aliens had ever made the long trip to Earth. Do I believe that we have had that we have been visited? No, I don't believe that, he told the HuffPost in 2012. And the reason I don't believe that is because I can't conceive of any of the ways in which uh, we could overcome some of these things. How much food would you have to take with you on a trip for 22 years through space? How much fuel would you need? How much oxygen or other things to sustain life would you have to have? However, Friend has also called uh, for more study and said he believes there could be life elsewhere. I think that anytime there's a possibility of scientific pay, pay dirt from studying these phenomena, that yes, it would be much better if the government or some other agency uh, was to take on these things and to pursue the scientific aspects of it. So it, it kind of sounds like he's going back and forth. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for your service, sir. Um, uh, uh, more recent revelations indicate that the U.S. government's interest in the UFOs didn't end with Project Blue Book, but have continued in other forms, uh, much of which is detailed in the phenomenon. Of course it has. So, <clears throat> so he's saying that, yeah, that, w- that they knew what it was, mm-hmm. but doesn't doesn't think we've been visited. So how does he... Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> I think we have been visited. I think look at our technology, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a surefire sign that we've been visited. Absolutely. So. All right, drum roll. Okay. It's time for you. All right. 
former head of Israeli Space Division. Uh, aliens are real, and Trump is on the verge of disclosing or confirming. Retired Israeli general and current professor Haim Eshed uh, told a newspaper in Israel that not only are aliens real, but that the U.S. and Israeli governments have been working with them, and President Donald Trump was recently on the verge of confirming their existence. Ished, who retired in 2011 as the head of Defense Minister's Space Division, served as the head of Israelis, or Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years and is a three-time recipient of the Israel uh, Security Award. Uh, so that was reported the Jerusalem Post. Uh, he explained that Israel and the U.S. have both been dealing with aliens for years. Uh, so this is a quote from the uh, from the paper. Uh, the UFOs have asked asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. Uh, they want to first make us sane and understanding. Uh, they have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. Uh, there's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens they signed a contract with us to do experiments here. <laughs> they, too, are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want, us to, they want us as helpers. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also our American astronauts. Uh, if I had come up with what I'm saying today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. Uh, wherever I've gone with this in academia, they said... The man has lost his mind. Today, they're already taking, talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I have received my degrees and my awards. I am respected in universities abroad, uh, where the trend is also changing. Uh, the, the, uh, the 87-year-old's claims are far-fetched, and there has been little to, to no evidence released by officials to back up his claims. Eshed's claims come a few months after the U.S. Department of Defense released a statement announcing the establishment of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena uh, Task Force. Oh, the UAPTF UAP. is Task yeah. Force. Okay. So on August 4, 2020, Deputy Secretary of Defense David L. Norquist approved the establishment of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Uh, the Department of the Navy, under the uh, cognizance of the Office of under the Office of the Oh, my gosh. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, do you honestly think that the government would be like, okay, come on in, <laughs> take our people and experiment on them? You know, I don't I don't believe that for a second. Sorry. But, but what I will say is I wonder almost if it's a um, – I mean, because – I some, wonder if it's his age. He's 87 and he's lost his freaking mind. He could have. But, you know, here's the thing. is like, so if someone had traveled mm. – However far to get right. here, chances are they have technologies that we can't we can't stop. Right, right. We're, well, we're would it be smarter to enter an agreement with a species like that, or would it be smarter just to say no, you can't do it, and then risk a well? All right, but let me throw another question at you. What makes you think that they would just not come and take over? You know, why would they want to go to? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean... Why and, would they want to go to the top dogs? Hey, can we have your permission to, you know... Yeah, I mean, well, and who knows? Maybe they didn't go to the top right. dogs. Maybe we went to them and was like, okay, you listen, we're... You know, 
just to keep you from. I'm very open minded. Any anything's possible. Mm-hmm. But here's my biggest thing: if I was out spewing this, mm-hmm. not, <laughs> you better have proof. There you, you go. Better have proof. I, I would. I would have proof. But now to speculate, um, maybe if mm-hmm. I'm playing one play devil's, right. devil's yes. advocate here, please bomb me. But if maybe if, um, if that were the case, uh-huh. we reached out to them and said, "Hey, if you don't attack us or take over, you can." Experiment on these people, and you got to look at how many how many missing persons reports are there every year that people are never found. No bodies are ever found. Well, but you know, I mean, that could be people falling into other dimensions. Well, that's true too, but it it also could be the Galactic Federation, the well, Alien Galactic know, Federation. It's, it's 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 possible, and it's a very entertaining story, and I'm going to Absolutely. follow it. And yeah, not to switch subject, but we were talking earlier about some of the. Uh, Facebook groups that we're friends with. Mm-hmm. And I glanced over one this morning rather quickly. And something basically, science, some scientist, I think in uh, England, has said that they think they have found a uh, super highway in the galaxy where if you got on this, it's kind of similar to how an asteroid or comet travels. Yeah, I've seen that. It will boost you forward so much faster. It's so, kind of like you know, a, kind of like that's... Kind slipstream, jet yes. streams kind of so, thing. So, you know. Yeah, that's... And and that could that could potentially help us with space travel right. and recall or colonization right. of other worlds right. or whatever. How many more stories uh, we got left there? Well, if we have time, I've got two more monoliths that have appeared. Please, by all means, go ahead. All right. So I'm starting to get a little skeptical of these monoliths. Okay. Um, and this is coming from a guy who had just the first told, two totally. Yeah. They're real. Okay. Yeah, and this is also coming from a guy who buys into the Galactic Federation as well. So here we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so you actually believe the Galactic Federation? I, I want to, man. I want. So, I'm a Star Trek fan. I want well, to yeah, believe there's but, a Galactic so Federation. So you're 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 someone to say, seven year old man is. You agree with him? I'll take every word he says. But uh, he's not shown any proof. Absolutely not. Does he just look honest in his pictures or news interviews? Never seen him. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. No, I just I want um, you want to believe so bad. I want to believe it so bad that okay. I'm not looking at the obvious. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Obviously, it sounds made up and gotcha. BS. Gotcha. But I just want it to be true. <laughs> uh, all right. So a new a, a new monolith has appeared in England uh, off the Isle of Wight. Uh, they call it a magical structure. Appears on a beach. Uh, the monolith has mysteriously appeared in Britain just days after similar ones were spotted in the U.S. and Romania. Uh, the unusual mirrored su- uh, structure was discovered on the Isle of Wight, an island off the south coast of England. Resident Alex- Alexia Fishwick said she was dumbstruck um, when she came across it during a beach walk on Sunday and described it as really quite magical. Um, I'm on, let's see, then it kind of just goes into the... The, talking about the monoliths from around the world. Mish Fishwick said, I'd read about the one in Utah and then Romania, so I knew the significance. Many people took uh, took no notice of it. She said that first people thought she had uh, photoshopped the images uh, when she put them online. Lee Pickham, a lawyer living on the island, said, I saw it and wondered what it was and thought it rather strange, uh, a rather strange thing to see on the beach. I wondered who put it there and why. Now, a DJ, Rob DeBank, okay. <laughs> another island resident, 
was also among uh, those who th- who took a stroll to see the site for themselves. He mused, I'm not sure if it's aliens, a Coldplay PR stunt, or a local mirror dealer uh, drumming up trade, but it all got us down the beach anyway. All right, so <clears throat> there's that. Okay. The other one is one in Australia. Okay. So a monolith has appeared in Australia. The new monolith in Australia has cryptic coordinates for locations all over now, the see, world. see, this one, when you tell me about this, this is yeah. really interesting. So we we know, we know another monolith. It's amazing how quickly a story can have people uh, going from, well, this is awesome, I wonder which galactic species put it there to advance human evolution, to, oh, for God's sake, just admit it's a marketing stunt uh, for Coke. Uh, yeah, I mean, so... Uh, so far, there's been one in Utah, California, the Isle of Wight, Romania, and now Australia. How about Pennsylvania? There's one by the candy store. There's, yeah, there's one in Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see. The first set of coordinates that are on there actually marks the location for Trump Tower in New York. Um, who knows at this point, maybe it's a marketing gimmick for Trump in conjunction with the galactic civilizations, civilizations he's supposedly in contact with. <clears throat> Uh, the other coordinates point to seemingly random locations, including uh, Managaha. Ma- I don't know how do you, good how do you pronounce that one. Uh, Managaha. All right, sounds good. Managaha. <laughs> it's an uninhabited island in the northern northern Marina Islands, uh, and the Sphinx in Egypt. Uh, if you're going to write mysterious coordinates on a monolith, may as well put the, put the Sphinx in there uh, while you're at it, right? Right. Uh, though mysterious, we're pretty sure that uh, we're pretty sure now that all the monoliths are copycats of the original monolith in Utah, which has appeared in Google Maps since 2016. There's even footage of one group of copycats taking a monolith out into the middle of nowhere and then discovering it. All right, so the monolith story, I'm going to keep following it because it's interesting. I really do believe that the first two were real, were legit. Were, were legit um, Strange. I, I I definitely think the first one was legit because it was there for four years before anybody noticed it. Yeah. Now, with that being said, how great is it that the entire world has been pulled together to create these monoliths? These monoliths and place them. I mean, it's just kind of like a fun game, I guess. Yeah, now for everyone, yeah. and it's kind of neat. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep looking at it because I think there's more to it, especially for the Utah one. And maybe who knows? Uh, again, conspiracy brain. Maybe. They're flooding the media with these monoliths and reports of these monoliths to take away from the fact that that monolith had in Utah had been there for years and years, right? And maybe was the legit deal. And that's that's very possible. That's very possible. Well, Cronkite, thank you very much for the news. You are an awesome news guy. Ah, uh, well, that's, uh, that's why you get the name Cronkite. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains.
listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. And welcome back. Uh, very exciting news there. Uh, I didn't mean to laugh at you over the no, old No, guy. not at all. No. Just, you know, and I and you've explained to me a little bit off the air, so I, 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 I'm, I'm open-minded to that. Like I said during that segment, uh, love doing the show with you, man. <laughs> I have looked forward to this all week. So, uh, thanks, everybody. You are listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum with was, Goose was and Was that Crocodile. one of those... Bless his heart, kind of moments. No, it certainly no, was. No, no. no. Did, did, did it sound like it? It certainly did. How would you say it if you were going to go bless your heart? Uh, I'd be like, bless your heart, <laughs> oh, bless his heart. He ain't smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. We're going to start out with some listener text. Uh, okay. We had several listener texts this weekend or this week. The uh, shadow government said, "My favorite urban legend is Bigfoot." I think they really exist because they're seen all over the world. I tend to agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, you know, there there are species we're discovering every year. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that just because we haven't seen it, or, you know, we have we don't have proof doesn't right. mean that it's not out there. Right. You know, exactly. Uh, before we go any farther, I want to welcome Ned the janitor. Uh, he is uh, here in Bunker Studios. Hello, Ned. How are you, Ned? Good. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you, Ned. Uh, just wait just a little bit before you start vacuuming. You can go ahead and get the toilets back there. Cronkite left you a surprise. Mm-hmm. You are welcome. <laughs> go ahead and read um, the next listener text there, Cronkite. All right, so Dark Matter says, I heard that the psychic ca- the psychic canceled. Uh, I hope that you get to uh, reschedule the interview. Psychics and fortune tellers, are, are they do fascinate me. You know, they fascinate me. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, and uh, uh, Richard Miles is who he's talking about. Yeah, uh, Richard had something come up. And uh, hopefully within the next two weeks I'll get to interview him. And we'll have that definitely before the end of the year because I told him that I really wanted to get his interview before the end of the year. Uh, also, and I've not talked to you at this off the air, uh, maybe the last show that we do at the end of this year, we'll do a, a year-end type review thing. What okay. do you think about that? I think it's in great. one of our segments. Yeah. So uh, let's see. UFO lover, 2018. I think that UFOs and aliens are real. I think that time travel is real, and that aliens know how to do it and have shared it. Have shared the secrets with some humans. And it goes back to your story there a little mm-hmm. bit in the news. And it does. So. You know, it's 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 weird. Uh, there are. Uh, you know, while I've been doing my research, there have been uh, a few stories, uh, more than one, that um, that say that the aliens are actually us from a future, uh, that we have evolved into whatever, right? I, whatever I, they I have, are. I have never heard that. <clears throat> it's it's interesting. It's an interesting theory. Um, it's not something particular. I mean, it's not like the federal uh, federation, the Galactic Federation, right. of course. You know, right. it is what it is. So. Uh, E.T. Homie uh, uh-huh. says, what's your favorite UFO-related movie? For me, it's the Roswell TV movie that was shown in two parts back in the early 90s. If you've not saw it, I recommend it to you. I have saw that. It's been some time ago. I'd like to go back and see it again. Uh, my favorite UFO-related movie. There's there's so many. I don't I don't think I could pinpoint one. How about you? Uh I like War of the Worlds. Worlds. Uh, that, that are you are you talking about the original one or the Tom Cruise one? The Tom Cruise one. That one is a good one. That mm-hmm. one is a good one. The Day the Earth Stood uh, Still was pretty good. Are you talking about the original one or the, original. the Count of Reeves? The original. Okay. Uh, that one's a good one too. I, uh, I like the original for sure. I mean, honestly, and and this is going to this is going to sound like a cop out. I'm gonna say Superman. 
you know. All right, all right, all right. Oh, don't, don't, Lord. don't, don't give me that look. All there right. We go. The reason I'm going to say Superman is because he's my favorite superhero, right. and that is the first movie that I actually remember my dad taking me to when I was little. Okay, that's so, fair enough. You know, that's fair enough. And I know it's not like the War of the Worlds or the Day the Earth Stood Still, but he is an alien. That is true. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty good one. That one is a real good. I like that. One. That one is a real good. One. And I guess that kind of goes into the. It's kind of my favorite superheroes was Iron Man, uh, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of enjoy that. I think that's pretty cool. I like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's so, good. You know. Uh, let's see. Jay wrote, Cronkite mentioned the TV show V last week. Do you think an alien invasion could be similar to that? Not the aliens being lizards, but the way society reacts and is overwhelmed before people band together and fight back. Uh, that is an excellent question. That is a good question. Uh, and I can tell he's put some thought into that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see it being like that with a combination of War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really, I, I think. Or, uh, not War of the Worlds, uh, Independence Day. Yeah. So I see, you know, it, it's hard to say how society re- would react. I mean, you look at how polarized the last four years mm-hmm. have been politically. Um, you, it, it's hard to say how people would react to that. But yeah, I think uh, if if there were an alien invasion, I think similar to the V to the show V, right? Um, you know, they would infiltrate and maybe have disguises for a while, and then, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really like to think that the hostile hostile aliens would be a thing, but you know, it, it's always a possibility. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, but do you think that they would look like us, or do you think that they're? I've always thought that they would appear how their environment, you know, with they would be suited how their environment is, not how ours is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, you make a good point. Like I said, I think they would try to disguise themselves as best as possible. That, that is, if they didn't look like us. I mean, um, who's to say that that we're the only species that look like us? Right. You know well, what I mean? That's 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 definitely true. You've you've uh, you've got a good one there. Uh, our last one, and this was a text, and I forwarded you this earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> they didn't leave a name, okay. and the number, uh, it was a series of numbers and letters. So I don't know if it was sent from a computer to the show cell phone number, but uh, it's unknown. And uh, do you want to read it, or do you want me to? Sure, I'll read it. Uh, right. So unknown, they didn't leave their name. Mm-hmm. Uh you need to use caution. Your beliefs and views could be monitored uh, if they aren't already for the truth to come out. Uh, they will make you appear to be crazy or mad. I say this because it's happened to me. Now, my question is about that. Do you think this could be uh, the doctor from uh, Israeli that said? Uh, mm. Well, no, I don't, oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it could be him because okay. he, he would be he would be because he's 87 and he probably don't know how to use well, a cell phone. Yeah, right. Is that right? That's okay. exactly right. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that comment? I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, and and you know, hey guys, we're we're not we're we're just reporting on what it, yeah. what's what's pretty much out there already. It's not exactly. like we're um, you know we're digging around. Not yet. You know, when I read that, I mean, it, it doesn't bother me, and it still don't bother me. When I email, <clears throat> I'm sorry, when I texted that to you. I was I was hoping it wouldn't bother you, and I've loved your reaction, you know, that, that you gave me because I didn't want you to think, 
oh my god you know <laughs> I, I need to quit doing this because you know we're just now finding our groove like right. i said earlier and getting on a roll and mm-hmm. you know we're getting more listeners and we and we gel good together and this is always how i wanted the show to be you know i didn't want it to see it be a single person show right. how i started it out yeah and i'm so glad and thankful that it didn't scare you away no absolutely not so. i think it's awesome it made me, it made me happy well, I, good. I had good. the biggest smile on my face when you, when you read yeah. that well, i'm gonna be honest when when the, when the thing went off and i saw it and i'm like what you know, and then I had I got, I got distracted, so I had to wait a few minutes, maybe 10, 10 minutes or so before I actually had to go in and read the text. And uh, I see these series of numbers, like there's two numbers and then like a letter sign B. Mm-hmm. And then there was a dash, you know. And so then I'm like, you know, and I did Google the number, and it did, uh, you know, it just said the number not exist, which I already knew that it wasn't going to exist yeah. with letters and numbers. Uh, but I do think that, you know, based on my experience, that it could be from an app on a on a website somebody's used. Uh, but that was that was pretty cool, you know, because if you're talking about stuff that many people think, you know, we, we, we definitely know that we're doing that now. Yeah, and, and you know, to, to whoever actually uh, sent that to us, we appreciate you looking out for us and, and trying to give us the warning. And we, you know, genuinely concerned about our safety, and we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, let's see here. I have got the next one here, uh, Mystery Object Story. So basically what this is, is uh, in 2019, the Courier-Journal in Louisville reported, a homeowner says a mystery object damaged his house. Uh, It didn't fall from a plane, said the FFA, or I'm sorry, FIA. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration says that a mysterious object that damaged a Kentucky man's mobile home earlier in October did not come from an airplane. A North Fork Southern Railroad says that uh, any nearby rail lines have nothing to do with the canister-type object at the home in Bergen, roughly 75 miles southeast of Louisville. Uh, what about the National Guard or Fort Campbell military base? Could the object have come from possibly something else? Nope. All the news and lack of it leaves Tommy Woolsey still wondering uh, about the origin of the object that damaged a wall and part of his bathroom. And this is a quote from Mr. Woolsey. Seems to me they should be able to trace the barcode on this thing. Uh, is what he told the Courier Journal. I've actually looked at this, and this looks like a miniature rocket. Uh, it's like green with uh, the like uh, different numbers and letters and stuff. I wish I printed a picture off and showed it to you. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely man-made, but everybody denies that it came from the Air Force Base, that nothing fell off a railroad. Uh, let's see. Uh, Woozy discovered the object in a wall in his home on October 13, 2019, after returning from a weekend out of town. The object was a type of canister about two inches round to ten inches long and very heavy for its size, Woozy said. Authorities initially believed that the canister had fallen from an airplane, but FAA spokesman told the Courier-Journal that an investigation has determined the object is not an aviation part. Uh, also in a statement, the uh, North, North Fork Southern Railroad said that the railroad company confirmed that the damage to Woozy's home was not caused by any of their equipment. Uh, so they contacted the Mercer County Sheriff's Office and they came out and did a report, but they declined comment into the story. 
So, had you ever heard of that one? I'd never heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that that was definitely something. I'll have to I'll have to email you or, yeah, like or text you that that picture of that. I'd like to see that picture. So, moving on. <clears throat> so, have you ever heard of the uh, the tri-state UFO battle? I have heard of that. Yes. All right. So, we're going to talk about that today. Um, so, the Evansville Courier and Press. Uh, that's Evansville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first look, it looked like a monkey, maybe even an old man. But the more the more Glenny Lankford stared, the more she realized it was something much weirder. The figure toddled through the darkness. It was no more than three feet tall, uh, with two eyes that shined from the far edges of its head. And good Lord, was it covered in metal, or was that aluminum foil? Langford was one of the several people who spotted the creature out of out of the window of a cramped Bell, Kentucky farmhouse on the night of August 21st, 1955. There was John Sutton and his brother, Elmer, their wives, O.P. Baker, Billy Taylor, and a gaggle of children, and all of them were growing increasingly tense. Earlier in the evening, the kids had noticed eerie circles of light hovering above the home, and right before the figure appeared, some of the adults thought they'd seen something plummet out of the sky and cannonball into a nearby field. Some said it looked like a shimmering bathtub. Others, though, claimed it resembled a flying saucer. They were startled, or they were starting to wonder if that's where this sawed-off little grunt had come from uh, when they realized their problems had multiplied, literally. <laughs> the figure was now joined by an army of tiny monsters who rose from the weeds and swarmed around the house, pressing their grotesque faces against the windows. One of the men charged out of the house and immediately felt something seize him by the hair. Langford fainted, children screamed, and the Suttons had enough. They grabbed a 12-gauge shotgun and a 22 pistol and opened fire. Lead, uh, lead lashed across the once-quiet farmland, causing the creatures to scatter. Um, but according to the Suttons, they could have just stood still because the bullets just bounced right off them. Several law enforcement agencies from nearby Hopkinsville Police Department and the U.S. Air Force investigated the encounter in the coming weeks. All of them dismissed it as nothing more than fantasy. I think it was imagination that built up from, from talk that got started among the people, Christian County Sheriff Deputy George Bates said. Uh, they just got themselves worked up over nothing. But that's, no, uh, that's now known as the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter has become an infamous story among alien fanatics. Proof to them that extraterrestrials have it, have visited the planet. So there is a drawing, a sketch that right. one of the one of the folks did of it, and it looks that. I mean, that's pretty wild looking. Yeah, yeah, that is, and that incident is where the uh, little green men. Uh, oh came yeah. From that we talked about earlier in the show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and <clears throat> that particular town that that happened in, mm-hmm. they now have a festival. You know how we have hillbilly days and. Yeah. They have one. I think it's called uh, the, little, the Little Green Men Festival or something like that. Oh, man. But well, they capitalize off of that. So I think it's alien there, thing. I think there was a road trip in our future. Yeah. So, well, the def- there's, <laughs> when, when stuff starts opening back up, there's a lot of road trips in our future. Hey, Ned, will you drive us on our road trips? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, you missed a spot over there, bud. I'll get it in a second. Okay. Um, so the History Channel's Project Blue Book reported on mm. this uh, or did a show on this. The, it, it dedicated an entire episode to it on February 11th. The series named The Air Force's Half-Hearted Study of the Unidentified Flying Objects has been described as a mix of the X-Files and Mad Men. Now, 
Uh, there are more. All right, so the investigation. Russell Greenrail wasn't so sure. The Hopkinsville police chief was sitting at home around 1 a.m. on August 22, 1955, when the phone rang. The desk sergeant told me a flying saucer had landed at Kelly. He told the press 21 years later, I thought he was kidding, and I told him I'd, uh, I'd get even with him in the morning. Uh, but when Greenwell arrived at the chaotic scene, he realized it was no joke. Any aliens were gone, but several law enforcement agencies had taken their place, including, reportedly, a smattering of military police from Fort Campbell. According to the people in the farmhouse, the goblins or aliens or whatever they had been uh, had been swatted away had been had swatted away the bullets for hours um, when they finally vanished. The group reported the gun battle to the police, uh, and law enforcement scoured the property, even hiking to the spot where the saucer had supposedly landed. There were no in, in, indentations, no burnt grass, Greenwell said. The tiny figures didn't leave behind any evidence either, and none of the neighbors reported hearing or seeing anything strange. The only person who even flirted with confirming the story was a Kentucky State Trooper who, who claimed to see a meteorite dash through the sky and slam to the ground like an artillery shell. But the tension returned just after dawn. Uh, there were MPs and police everywhere, and all of a sudden, a cat came out of an old hog house, and one of the MPs stepped on the cat's tail. Greenwell told the press, you never saw so many guns come out of the holsters and machine guns come up uh, ready to fight when they, or ready to fight when the, uh, when the cat screeched. So, there was a long battle. Yeah, yeah, there was a long battle, and I think that if you, I don't know what site you got that off of, but you can do a little more research on that, and I think there is, uh, from what I've read on that, and I've I've researched that a few times, one, somebody does say that there was neighbors that did witness not just uh, the asteroid, but maybe lights prior to the asteroid. Well, and I thought I had uh, heard that also, and also... If there's that big of a gun battle, and I'm pretty sure I'd heard this before, that several neighbors confirmed that they were shooting Shoot. something. Yeah, you know. yeah, and kept on going. And I also think <clears> that uh, one of others, one that I read, said that uh, there was indentions in the ground. So, like three of them, I think. I'll have to look that up. So, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That's always fascinating. Don't now, now you know the little green men. That's where that come from. Uh, fantastic. Uh, let's see. We'll read some of our question of the week responses, and then we'll tell you what our new question of the week is. We had a tremendous response from this. Started Edge said elevator game. I have no clue what that is. Our question of the week was, what is your favorite urban legend? Uh, thank you very much, Started Edge. I have no clue what elevator game is. Maybe, maybe you can uh, let us know what that is, because I've never heard of that. I actually looked it up. <laughs> You know, that was just, that that was it. That's posted on the message board, just elevator game. Hmm. So, I don't know if that's, now, and, and, and this is true, and, and I know you're going to laugh, and yes, I felt terrible since then. Uh, years ago, when I was probably seven or eight, uh, I was at a hospital, you know, visiting, I think, you know, some, some of my cousins or something like that, and my mom had let me go down to use the restroom on another floor. So... The, and the whole hospital was only like four or five floors. And um, so, so when I get off, I hit all the buttons, <laughs> only to find a pregnant woman then wheeling her oh, in the man. elevator. So I ran off after that. You're a terrible person. Well, you know, I mean, I was like seven or eight years old, you know. Yeah. I, I look back now and, you know, I, I really regret that I did that. The startings of a so. terrible person. <laughs> 
All right, so Emrafud44 says, one of my favorite urban legends is the is the main hermit. If you do not, uh, if you do the listener topic show again, you should talk about that and the body under the bed urban legends. Well, we'll have to, I'm going to circle this one right here. We will keep that. All right. Uh, let's see. Bobby Akers, friend of the show, says, Bloody Mary. I know it isn't real, but it's creepy enough just to be awesome. Yep. Thank you very much, Bobby, for that. Then James Smith says, The Man from Tarred. That is a good one. Have you heard that? I've one? never heard of that you one. You have to research that one because okay. this man supposedly landed at this airport, okay, and uh, they were scanning his passport and it fake, supposedly, and so they start questioning. He has uh, an ID from uh, uh, Torrid. He has money, but all this stuff is like his ID is so many years in the future. Hmm. And he's trying to find Tori on a map, and Turkey's actually there. So, you know, they keep questioning him, questioning They check him into a hotel room, put a guard outside of his hotel room, and the next morning he vanishes. So, and that is the urban legend of the man from Tori. You have to research that. Yeah, I'm that. looking that, that one up. That, that, one, that one sounds good. And that one is also, that was James Smith that was our guest last week on the show. Okay. Uh, he came from Arkansas. The Boggy Creek Monster is my favorite urban legend. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose it first because it's a legend from a home state, and second because people still claim to spot the monster to this day. Hmm. So that is a good one. And he's talking about the, uh, I guess, the legend of Boggy Creek was yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, so Poison Apple writes uh, The Jersey Devil. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, let's see. Lewis, I've always liked the legend Cropsy. I believe it, uh, New York is where it is based at. Sadly, this one is actually true. I did not know that one was actually true, but let's let's uh, mark that one too. So it looks like we've got one more to go. All right. So Oklahoma Dan says the Shaman's Portal. It's supposed to be located in in the Beaver Dunes Park. I've never heard of that. Never heard but of it. But if it's a portal, I'm definitely interested. <laughs> uh, the question of the week this week. Uh, you want to go ahead and read it there? All right. So the question of the week uh, this week, which. Uh, Right. Uh, what is <laughs> that? That's worth saying. Okay. Yes. What is uh, your favorite UFO or alien theme movie or TV series? I've already answered that. Yeah, we so. all have. Uh, what did you say yours was again? Uh, well, you actually it, listed two. Yeah, if we're, and, if we're, and that says one. Well, if we're talking about now, you've actually said you like Project Blue Book to the TV show. So uh, yeah. So what, are you more you, of a TV show guy or are you more of a movie guy? I like a good series. Tell us the truth. I like a good series. Okay. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I like getting in, I like getting into uh, into the movies myself. I uh-huh. like popping a big pop bowl of popcorn oh, yes, and, like and getting into my snuggie. And uh, <laughs> oh, so you don't actually do this at the movie theater? No, do you? well, yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's how you do okay. it. Uh, no, I. So if we're talking about a TV show, my absolute favorite TV UFO show, I would have to go with Star Trek. Star Trek is a good one. I, I, I love it. No, are you talking about the original or Next Generation? Uh, Next Gen. Obviously. Okay. Because I I didn't really watch them much after the Next Generation. I watched an episode one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the one with Scott Bakula. I, I watched yep. a couple episodes. Of it. Uh, Enterprise was the name of it. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a good. That's yeah. a very good one. Yeah. Um, now, if we're talking about movies, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I don't know. There's like you said, there's so many good ones. Uh, I'd have to say, you know, probably uh, War of the Worlds, maybe Armageddon, something like that. Armageddon? Or not Armageddon. Armageddon's um, not an alien or UFO. Movie. Not Armageddon. Independence uh, Day. That's it. That's okay. what I'm thinking of. 
All right. So again, our question of the week: What is your favorite UFO or alien themed movie or TV show? You can always call, text, or leave us a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396. That's 606-373-3396. Or you can email us at uh, goose at here to chew bubblegum.com or cronkite at here to chew bubblegum.com. Uh, that's absolutely right. Real quick, let me mention this. I printed this off. I'll just mention it real quick. This is an urban legend. What What is your favorite urban legend? Loch Ness Monster. Oh, that is a good one. That yeah. is a good one. What do you think, Nessie? Do you think Nessie is legit? I th- yeah, I mean, I, well, I think she is too. I think I think there's uh, too much we don't know about mm-hmm. under the water. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. This one is a Kentucky urban legend. Have you ever heard of the Witch Girl of Pilot's Knob? No. All right, let me tell you about this one before we take a break to come back to hear uh, the last one that Cronkite picked. I've been waiting on the uh, Witch Girl of Pilot's Knob. Uh, is a strange and scary legend surrounding a young girl who was buried in a concrete grave in Marion, Kentucky. Years ago, back in 1916, so, you know, this was, what, 104 years ago. Yeah. Okay. A woman named Marion. Yeah. A woman. Yeah. (laughs) I have to bleep that out. Well, no, in all fairness, I didn't didn't say it. So, a woman named Mary Louise Ford and her five-year-old daughter, Mary Ellen Ford, were living in Pilot's Knob. Both mother and daughter were accused of being witches, and the superstitious villagers were too terrified to wait and bring them to trial. Instead, they dragged the mother and daughter out of their house and burned them alive at the stake. And this was in 1916. Uh, They buried the mother's body somewhere else, but they were afraid that the little girl would come back from the dead in search of revenge. So the fearful villagers made sure that they took precautions to protect themselves. They buried her right in Pilot's Knob in a steel-reinforced coffin. After they lowered it into the grave, they filled it with concrete. They then put gravel on top of that and built a metal fence all the way around the grave. The fence was made from uh, interconnected white crosses. While the villagers believed this would keep the the ghost of the little girl trapped inside. According to legend, the little witch's ghost paces back and forth behind the fence. They say that she is still searching for her mother who was buried somewhere else, but she cannot escape the confines of the fence. Some people have even seen tiny children's footprints around her grave. Locals believe if you visit the little witch's grave alone and get too close, her hands will come up from the grave, grab a hold of you, and drag you into the concrete. For those uh, that have seen her, say uh, that she wears a white dress that is scorched at the bottom and has very long blonde hair uh, that is smothered that is smoldered at the end. People who live in the area advise visitors not to go near the gravesite. I never go there, said one local. No one does. There is a lot of stuff that goes on up there. Other locals will tell you that they need to turn and turn around and not go into the cemetery. And that is the Kentucky urban legend of the witch girl of Pilot's Knob. What do you think about that? I think um, if that one is true, for them to have done that in 1916, I hope the whole village uh, went to jail for that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I think, you know, <clears throat> I know you said you don't actually believe in ghosts. Ghosts. Right. But that, the now, way that. Now, let, let me clarify something real quick. I have saw things, so I do think ghosts are possible. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do kind of believe in ghosts. I don't believe ghosts 
could physically harm you mm-hmm. is 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 what I would say. Well, all right. So what I what I will say is, regardless if she was a witch or not, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really particularly believe in witches. Right. Uh, I think there are other things like gypsies or or whatever they are. Um, so you don't think witches are real? I don't think so. What about the good witches that uh, are into vegan and dancing and hugging trees and all that stuff? I think they're just hippies. Okay. <laughs> um, so all right, the. What I will say is, you know, a, a few shows ago we talked about how mm-hmm. everything is connected. How if you and Ned were um, in an argument, if I walked into the room, I could literally feel the tension before right. I even figured out what's right. going on. What was going on? Everything is connected. But I think that what happened to that little girl and her mother, that that death was so horrifying, mm-hmm. so traumatic, and I think there was a lot of evil there. Uh, whether whether the Townsfolk realized it or not, it was them. Right. You know what I mean? That, that caused everything. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was such a disruption to the the fabric of that area that, yeah, I, I would say that you probably could see some stuff there or there are haunted souls there or whatever because, I mean, that is a terrible, terrible way to go. Yes. Yes. And I, I agree with you 110%. Uh, we're not going to break. Let's just go ahead and keep going. Okay. Uh, so the next one we're going to talk about, uh, and Cronkite has found this off by himself, yeah. and Miley Cyrus, Chased by Aliens. Yeah, so do you know who Miley Cyrus is? Yes, I do. You know, her dad, Aki, Bracey Yes, Hart. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Uh, so it says, Miley Cyrus was either chased down by a UFO or had too much weed wax. Uh, probably had too much weed I wax. I would say so. I don't know. Miley's probably yourself an alien, so we, we don't know. <laughs> um, if extraterrestrial beings are, were ever to make contact, they would certainly do a lot worse than when it comes to Earthlings than Miley Cyrus. I didn't write this, just so we're clear. Okay, okay. Uh, the pop star revealed that uh, she once had a close encounter of the peak uh, of the peak Miley kind after being chased down by the by a UFO while traveling through Southern California with a friend, or you know, maybe it was a little of the weed wax. She admittedly she had bought from a guy in a van. And that's your first mistake. <laughs> Wonder if he had free candy. Right. So a conversation with designer Rick Owens uh, for Interview Magazine published on Monday, Cyrus recalled the experience in vivid detail. I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend, and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. I'm pretty sure that what I saw, or I'm pretty sure about what I saw, but I'd also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop. Jeez, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have been the weed wax, she explained. What about the tacos? Oh, my gosh. This story. I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord. no, no, no. You're... <laughs> but the best way to describe it is a flying snowplow. It had this big plow in the front, and it was, it was, kind of, it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my friend saw it, too. Cyrus said that perhaps the most unsettling part of the encounter was locking eyes with the being pil- piloting the UFO. Is it possible it was a snowplow? It could have been. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I actually believe this one versus the 87-year-old guy from Israel. Really? No. Okay. No. Not at all. All right, good. It says, I didn't feel threatened at all, actually, I, uh, but I did see a being sitting in the, front, uh, in the front of the flying object. It looked at me and made eye contact, and I think that's what really shook me looking into the eyes of something I couldn't quite wrap my head around. Uh, the Midnight Sky Singer went on to add a couple of other cars, witnessed the event too, which in her mind is more more than enough evidence um, that what she saw was real. 
Was there any reports from any of the other people in the cars? Not that I found. Uh, You know, and (laughs) I'm going to sound real negative here. Uh, It's possible that she didn't quite understand, you know, it being a working human a person yes, driving yes. a snowplow. I, I probably could. just didn't understand. Well, but all right, let me for a living. All right, I, I'm not real. I mean, I've never been to California. That's where my dad was uh, raised at. So there's not a lot of snow, right? Yeah. Why would there be a snowplow in California? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Maybe it was a sand plow. If she was on the beach, could have been a sand plow. Um, you know, and it could have been a uh, a, a bulldozer or well, yeah. traveling on a highway. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, she says uh, it, she was shaking for five days. It really effed her up. She said, uh, "I couldn't five really. Five days. I couldn't really look at the sky the same. I thought they might come back. Listen, I, she doesn't. She doesn't actually say that. She, that's the first time she said it was in the sky, and she made eye contact with it. So, was this thing on the roadway she was driving, or was it over top of her? I, you know, I don't. I'm not sure. Let me ask you a question real quick before you go any further. <clears throat> what would your boss say if you called him? On a Monday, and you're like, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't come into work this week. I've, I've, I've been chased down by a UFO. Well, I, I know what would, I know initially it would be said that I would be going for a drug test. Right, right. <laughs> but then, I mean, do you think you would get five days off? Uh, well, I think I would get five days off plus the rest, the rest. of the life. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Aliens seemingly have quite preoccupied with Disney Channel alums, uh, it says. Um, considering Demi Lovato also recently shared that she had made contact with the great beyond. Uh, last week, Lovato said she got up close and personal with otherworldly visitors while visiting Joshua Tree uh, with Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah. Uh, self-described as one of the world's foremost authorities on uh, the subject of UFOs, ET intelligence, and initiating peaceful contact with ET civilizations according to his Instagram bio um, now this I actually did back up mm-hmm. because I went to Stephen Greer's um, Instagram and it there are pictures of, of them of, uh, you yeah. talking about Demi Lovato mm-hmm. so, yeah because I actually I think during the second show I might have reported on that and I saw yeah. those now and we've talked about Stephen Greer off the air and we'll mention him again very soon uh, but he had been on the Art Bell Midnight in the Desert show mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I, 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 I always found him 100% legit. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, of Stephen Greer. Um, Unacknowledged was a good is a good documentary. Um, he's got something else coming out. Uh, he he's wrote several books. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, huge fan of Stephen Greer. Uh, can't wait to talk about him more. Hopefully, right. hopefully there are more stories out oh, there. Oh yeah, about him. definitely, definitely. Well, uh, I hope you've had fun today. I know I have enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to do it again. Um, don't forget, we have the new YouTube mm-hmm. uh, midweek show coming up on Wednesday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing the show next Sunday. Uh, thank you very much, Cronkite, for being here. We're going to close things out. I want to say special thanks to the Creepy Kentuckian, Uncle Bill, ST3B, everyone else over at DeadPit.com, James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the crew at the Edge Studios. That's the Edge Studios. Uh, spelled TH number sign three. As always, thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work and the music from Flannery. Again, don't forget our YouTube midweek moment next week and our question of the week. 
What is your favorite UFO or alien-themed movie or TV series? You can't pick two. Well, you actually can. Uh, you can't. But, uh, you know, you can always call, text, uh, or leave us a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396. Or you can email us. Yep, you can, uh, if you have anything uh, you want Goose to take a look at, you can email Goose at Goose. Uh, com. If you have any news stories that you want to see me report on, uh, you can email me, Cronkite, at heretochewbubblegum.com. Is there anybody you want to say bye to? Um, goodbye, Cronkite. Goodbye, Cronkite. Yeah. Goodbye from Goose Cronkite and Ned the Janitor, who's cleaning the toilet. We will see you next <laughs> week on Here to Chew Bubblegum. for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.